All right, there we go. Welcome, Miss Pin. This is Alex Pin, everybody, and she used to be a primary school teacher and has since shifted into helping mothers to connect with who they are and to connect with their families. She is um, experienced in releasing triggers and untriggering yourself. She has a website where she teaches about the untriggered mother, correct? Yes, exactly. (laughs) Great. (laughs) All right. So Alex, I just wanted to start with a little bit about your background so people can understand where you come from and how you got to what you're doing now. So you said you were born in Slovenia, yeah? Yes, I, I, okay. I was born in Slovenia at the moment and still live in Slovenia. I was living in London also a little bit, but yeah, now I'm in Slovenia. And um, it's just, I think that everything from, I think it's every with every person, it's probably the same that the things that we experience or the things that we are missing or just the things that we were experiencing as the children, um, we just develop them and grow into that personal development growth. And then we just found out, you know, ourselves or what works and we see what is happening also with other people. And we just start then to just feel, feel, hear the calling to help also others. So it was the same with me. Uh, It's just, I was like hyperactive child and they just didn't know how to parent me. And I was like, um, they were just, you know, it was they were really strict and hard. And because I was so hyperactive, I was always um, marked like being devilish. And it was just oh, an really? expression. You were like a devil. It's just like, it's an expression here in my country. And when you add, this is the point also what I, why I do what I do. When you add, you know, you see a child hyperactive, you know, it's just, your anger appears, your face changes, your tone of voice changes, that's energy, okay? And when you say with the intention, you know, with the energy like that to a child constantly, not just one, two, three times, but constantly, like it was with me, or you are fool, how can you do that? And all the stuff, now others, for me, it was, you are like a devil, you are so devilish, you know? Children see the expression it's usually it's not nice they feel the energy and they observe it and they start to do they don't understand the words yet as we think they do okay we just say and then children as children i was doing the same we do an inner meaning to the situation what was happening we create an inner meaning that becomes an inner belief and once in children every one of us made some kind of conclusion who they are for for me it was really intensive because when i was seven i heard a man uh, he came and said this is the worst thing ever this is the devil this is the worst thing ever lived with the voice of despair and i did sorry what do you mean you you heard a man what do you mean by that it was a situation it was just one life situation someone entered into the room i was in that room that man was angry and he just screamed you know with a voice of despair you know the devil that's the worst thing ever it was his anger his thing but i heard that and for me it was like wow that's me because everyone is saying this to me for the last seven years because i was so hyperactive so our words matter what we say to each other the energy that goes children live in that 
children don't uh, understand. Children feel first, see and feel. And my life experience, you know, with this and the traumatic experience that I also had that I was abandoned by mother, but it was totally different situation. But I, as a child, experienced like a big abandonment. Plus this, it's just like inside was a total hell. Like it's just, I was running so around. I was. I, I just want to rewind a little bit yeah. before we get too far ahead of um, into, into the child thing. We'll get there. But first I wanted to ask, you were talking about your parents and the way they would mm -hmm. speak to you. Was that, you said that they had, there's a saying in the country that, you know, it's, and I think it's the same thing. People hear a lot of say, times will say something like, oh, that's a little devil child or, you know, just joking around a lot of times. But I'm wondering, were your parents raised in the same way? Like what period of the world were yes. they raised in? and How yeah. did it affect them? Yeah. They had all, they, the both of them had like really hard childhood. You know, it was after the war, you know, in Slovenia and everything. And yeah, they had, they were not accepted. They were not seen. They were raised in that way too. And they didn't know how to raise a different way. It's just, they didn't know. They didn't have so much knowledge yeah. as we are having now and so much support. And it's just, everyone was doing the same, you know, but we have the awareness so what, now. What time period were they raised in then? What time period From was it? The, uh, was it after yeah, the war? 50s, 60s, 70s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, yeah. yeah. Okay. That period. So that's a very hard time. For mm -hmm. It was. Yes, it was yeah. here. But it, it, it depends on the different countries. It's almost the same. As you said, we all have these sayings, these things, and sometimes we joke around that. I would be careful a little bit how we joke it, because we can joke with the voice of despair. We teach our children with that, how to make a joke yeah. about something. It's, it's nothing like just, oh, it's just a joke. Well, sometimes it's not just a joke. Sometimes, it, you know, children are listening, they are learning. I think that we can be a little bit more responsible. And that is, you know, being emotionally mature, being responsible for what you are saying, what you are doing, how you are feeling, you know, how you're modeling. Not in a strict way. It's just if you mess up, you just, you know, realize it, go and apologize, you know, also have a talk with yourself and with the child. And you are breaking those generational patterns we all are doing now really intensively in, in the area of parenting. So your parents grew up with that strict and, mm -hmm. and sort of austere environment. And then that's all they knew to raise you with. Yes. yes. And then... So there for seven years, you're hearing things like, oh, you're the devil because you were so hyperactive. I read on your website that you had so many ideas about things yeah. and how you wanted to save the world. <laughs> what were some yeah. of those things that that young girl wanted to do? I think that the things that I'm doing now, it's just, you know, I just had, I saw the world differently. I was experiencing it differently, probably a little bit of my supernatural experiences, all of the things. It's just, I just saw the world differently. I could feel them. I could see that they are not doing the right, you know, the things are just not going and moving in the right direction, but I didn't know how to communicate that. No one taught me how to communicate. No one saw me because I was like really totally different. I was like having that 
fight inside of me, you know, to save for the liberty and freedom. Just, I really was really intensive, you know, with that. That's why I did all the projects that I was doing and later became to write um, children's stories, you know, because this children's mind for me is something really special and we can really help them, you know, understand themselves, their inner world and the life around them. And I think when we start to speak their language with the language of stories, uh, it, they just understand it a little bit different. And also that's why I started to create fairy tale meditations, you know, about the positive thinking, everything about gratitude and the things, how we function inside to give the parents the tools, you know, that they can use in their parenting you know, to just break the generational patterns and just create a different future, which are our children. So it's, I think it's something the same. You know, I'm doing this now, but as a child, I was like, how can I save the world? How can I just make this world better? <laughs> you know, just, I just felt that really, really strong. And they didn't know how to just put me on the track in a different way. But the way they did was the best way. Because all those experiences that I had from abundant men and how they were raising me, that was the material for inner growth. And it's, it's actually, it's not so pain. It is painful. But that's a message for everyone. Just everything what we were, we had experienced. In one way is some kind of a door, you know, to your heart, to your soul, mm. to, to that who you truly are. It is a little bit wrapped up in pain and you know anger and a lot of things, you know, which are not pleasant. But there's some there are big keys inside. There is a secret inside. It's just that's why being brave, just being honest and being brave and being vulnerable yeah. is so super important because when you are vulnerable, then you connect with yourself, with the with life what it is and with people around you is it your partner or your kids it's super important i want to get more into that in a minute but first i wanted to ask about for those who have felt a similar i know women in general tend to be much more susceptible to a feeling of abandonment mm -hmm. whether it's your husband going out the door and not telling you when he's coming back yes. or whether it's something like what you experienced can you tell us i'd like to get a sort of background on what happened with your uh, your experience of abandonment and then later on we'll get into how you have now taken that and used that as fuel for what you do now um because i know what you're saying is true and i think there's a really important mentality behind all of that that we can like you said use courage and power and become the people who are in charge of our lives instead of victims to whatever past traumas we have, because it comes down to choosing which way we're going to look at it, it comes down to how we view our situation. It but is. before we get into that, can you tell us what happened back when you were, you said two? When I was um, two and a half, yes. Okay. I had an older, I still have an older brother. And my Sorry, mom and you went... remember this? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. yeah. I was remembering the pain for years, like through my whole body. And that's why I say that children feel. These are really important marks for my life. And they stayed. 
and the state with the pain just to teach me something so that I can heal and grow. I was a two and a half and I could feel that something is happening. I can feel this. I know how it was. And at that time, they didn't tell me, you know, it's just they were not talking with kids. Just put them in the bed, you know, it's just, you know, just put her in the bed. And I know that I was, you know, because of the energy that it was, what I was feeling that something will happen. I was like naughty. <laughs> and in the morning when I woke up, my mom was gone. My brother was gone. Like no one was in the house. My grandparents were in the stables, but I woke up and I was, I realized that I'm, I'm left out. And I was running. I can remember, I was remembering this for years. I was running and desperately screaming in the whole house, you know, trying to find my safety. Mom, it was gone. And I could feel that pain the whole stomach inside for years and years and I didn't know why it was so this is not something that just popped up and I woke up in one morning and I realized everything this took me a lot of <laughs> six years of just um, being a therapy and I think that 10 years I'm working already with the coach it's just like I, it really took me years to put the pieces together to understand myself my abandonment because then, because of that, plus the devilish part, I was trying to find myself in relationships in teenage years. I was trying to find myself with alcohol, but the pain was in too bad. It's just every every time someone left or something, as we said, it was like destroying inside of me. Like it just brought it back up. I'm, so what? Can you tell me where was, she was? Sorry. So I, my mom, my mom went was? to see. My mom went to see my father. He was in Germany, and she went there. Uh, with but she took with her with her she took my older brother and 40 years later i was writing the book which was which became a bestseller in slovenia and now i'm rewriting it into english i was writing this book and my mom came to me and said what are you writing about i said oh you know this and this and this and, and I, said, I think people won't understand she said just explain me a little bit more i said yeah i'm writing about when you abandoned me and she was like i never did that I said, yes, you did. From my point of view, from my point of view, I'm talking like a child now, okay? You did. You did this, this, and this. And my mom sat down. I never saw her so shocked, but in a positive way, like calmness, peace. She said, I left you at home because I loved you so much. You were so hyperactive. And I went on the train, Balkan train for eight hours, you know, and with going with two kids, I wouldn't be able to take care of you. You are a girl. I could only take one child with me. That's why I left you. I left you because I loved you. And I thought I'm going to die. At that moment, I was like, this is not what I was doing for 40 years inside of me. And you're telling me this now? No, just, but I was oh building the whole time. I was really building my wow. connection with my mom because it was not a good one. And I was really investing because for me, it was important. For me, it was always, if I don't have the connection and the relationship with my mom, my son won't have the relationship with me. I have to build it. And it was like... So <laughs> did, when did she come back? Were you alone all day or what happened? Three months. She was gone three months at that time. 
So who were you with in the meantime? With my grandparents. I don't remember anything else. Just okay. that part. <laughs> okay. Okay. Just making sure. All right. So she came back after three months and then yeah. you still had this trauma from waking up and not knowing yeah. where she was. Yeah. And you tried to deal with it through, you said, alcohol and, and relationships. And... Yes. Drugs also, just name it. I ended up in a really abusive relationship and then ended up in a safe house. And then I slowly started to see, I was just not in, I couldn't understand how, I know that I'm a good person, that inner fight. I know that I'm good. I know that I want to do good. But why do I always have this situation? Yeah. Just, then I started slowly to understand it's everything about how we feel, the energy, and we create and we attract things like that. And the only thing that I could actually do is change myself. And that just exploded when I became a mom. That was like awakening for me because I have to raise this child now. I want him to be confident. I want him to know who he is, no matter what other people are saying to him and his voices are saying to him. And I didn't know how to do that. So it's just I started to get, dig in yeah. and just put the pieces together, created storytelling meditations and stories. Just, just everything then became more, got the meaning, I said. And all my story, life story and everything, what I felt like a pain, got a meaning. Well, I want to ask you about something you just said um, about the voices that we hear. And you were talking about about the, the meaning that you assigned when your mm -hmm. mother left and the meaning that you assigned to yourself when you heard some other man say, ranting about some random situation and you assign that to yourself and also that your um, son you want him to have his the the inner voice that he has the inner dialogue I suppose yeah you want that to be good regardless of what people around him say I saw a quote the other day that said um something to along the lines of be careful how you speak to your children because how you speak to them becomes their inner voice. Yes. And I can say that that's true for myself and it's taking, it's taken and still takes effort to reprogram sort of that childhood programming that you get into your brain and the way you think and the way you talk, all of that. So I wanted to ask you, how you changed it for yourself because I know a lot of women have that exact same thing you've gone through a different circumstance but the yeah. same result and they're trying to figure out how to make their brain work and then they're becoming mothers and they're trying to achieve what you are achieving so I guess we'll kind of shift now into what you do and and your perspective on all of that how you get women to like you said untrigger themselves and to not only on trigger, because I think a lot of people hear the word trigger and it comes across as an external stimulus that makes an involuntary response within you. But I think what you're doing too. is teaching people to change how they, so it's not an involuntary response to pause and, and create their own response. Is that correct? Yes, yes, yes. Uh, I think that everyone 
we all have callings, different kind of, you know, for when life calls us yeah. that let's change. It can be some, I don't know, an argument in the beginning of the relationship. It can be just, I don't know, something at work. It, it just depends if we know how to hear that. If we know how to listen to ourselves and listen to life, let's say like that. But usually, I don't know, for me, it was like becoming a mom. For many other moms, it's like when they see their children, you know, doing the same things that they do, or they realize, oh, I have to do something, or they, I don't know, don't know how to parent differently. Because for me, it was, my son was three, tantrums were there, and he was not doing the things that I wanted. And I hit him first day, I hit him the second day. And I was like, and I could hear the voices from my parenthood, from my parents, put him on his knees, because I was the one who put it on my knees when I was and I said, mm, I, I cried for half an hour. I don't want to be a mother like that. Where did that come from? So it's just, we all have some kind of callings. We hear the words that our parents are speaking and we don't want to be like that. It's just, or a relationship just doesn't work or you hit an accident, something happens. You know, maybe this podcast is something that is like for someone, it's just, the next thing is when you, we smell it, we see it. Okay. If we are really, really honest, we see that there is something that we need to do. The next thing is the step is just, just do it or read a blog or start journaling or get some help because dealing with inner things and who we are, we need to learn a little bit what is consciousness, how our negative self-talk works, you know, which are the layers, how this everything inside of you is put it, who you are. You know, it's just, I don't know. When I became a mom, I totally forgot about everything. I came to the store one day and I was like, oh, this is for my son. This is for my son. This is for my son. And I was like, what do I like? And I was like, okay, I don't know. I don't know. It's it's just so many things. And sometimes getting help for a shorter period, longer period, doesn't matter. Investing in ourselves, our personal growth, with who you connect, with who you can connect. Just don't pick anyone. Just go there where your heart leads you. We know, we feel it. And, you know, just getting help is like self-love. Self-love. And we just need to do it. You know, and yes, we all are busy. We all have money issues. It's just, we all have so much to do and we don't have time. We have all those excuses. I think that it's really time that we start to be ridiculously honest. But these are excuses. Okay, for how long? In the end, this affects our lives. This affects health. We are modeling, we are showing. And I didn't know how to do that. I had to learn how to communicate differently. I had to learn how to communicate my needs. I thought I was you know, doing okay and knowing some of the things because of the knowledge from child's development and being a teacher and blah, blah, blah. But my son refused the energy and the role of a teacher when I was like a teacher at home. No way. So it's just, there are so many things. I think that it's, easier when you have a tribe when you have a group when you have black-minded people when you just you know are supported with the, your village let's say so that you can really become that 
mom, dad, you know, partner who you needed or want to be. Just when, when we hear the calling, when we see all oh, this, we need to make a step. Life won't do it for us. We have to do it. And that takes courage, but it's not such a big deal, really, in the end. But I think that we are so, because of the fast life, we are so used to things go very fast and just in an easy way. But sometimes we need to dig in a little bit. You know, if you want to plant a tree, you have to use some kind of power muscle. Something will hurt you. Some kind of pressure, you know, so that you can plant something. That's normal. You have to use some pressure when you are typing. It's just, you know, pressure, which evokes something unpleasant. It's not bad. It builds resilience. And we need to give this to our children too. We need to give yep. I wanted to ask you, you've said so many things that I could ask a million questions and go in different directions. And I wanted to talk a little bit, What one of the questions <laughs> is, when we're talking about those triggers that, like you were saying, people, they see, they smell, um, and then they start to reenact almost the things that they went through or the trauma that they suffered and they perpetuate upon other people. Could you identify for us some of those things that might put someone into a negative spiral and then identify how we put a stop on those or how we reverse or change direction? I think that we, if we start with a simple question, just why I was triggered, just what triggers me? What's triggered? Okay, so let's stop. Let's yeah. stop even before that. How does someone recognize that they were yeah. in the first place? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, what triggered me outside was the, I don't know the way how partner looked at me with the you know the look or the tone of the voice or I don't know messy room because I sat one hundred times to my child just you know clean the room. What triggered me? Because. That's so how do you know that you have been triggered in the first place? You, you how can have you go, an emotional, oh, I, I just got triggered? You have an emotional reaction. It's just something happens inside of you. Some emotions happen. Usually we are angry. We get upset. We're at the voice. It's just like heart pulse. Something happens inside of you. But that emotional reaction lasts for 16 seconds. And then it calms down. If we know how to stay calm. But if it is sorry, connected, did you say sorry? Did you say sixteen or sixty? Yeah. Sixteen what? seconds emotional One, reaction. Sixteen seconds after so if that, we can hold our on mind for yeah. sixteen seconds, then we can we can get if through. If we are able we to stay calm, present, breathing, that's why we say stop and pause. Okay, stop and pause, and you see your mind starts to. You push your mind, that will just disappear because it was just a chemical reaction. But we extend it because our mind grabs that chemical reaction, the emotion, and we start through subconsciousness. All the thoughts come, you know, it's just we are not aware of that. It's just we just then feel angrier and we have that dialogue in our head about the argument we had with our partner for three days, but it's getting bigger and bigger and bigger and it's changes. Okay? Yep. So it's just, we have to start mm -hmm. to be observe that. What happened in my body? 
my nervous system reacted something, the emotions came, the thoughts came, okay. So something happened and something inside them, it just was. So what's happening after that? Is it just, you know, just to see? And when you know that, it's just, then you start to use how to manage those triggers, how to manage inside. And if you go deeper, it's not always necessary to go deep, okay? This is not the message that I want to give today. We don't always have to go and do the deep inner work. No, we don't. Just when it's really necessary. It, we don't. We can shift things faster. That's why you need to know who you so are. We need to, how you function. To need, need to interrupt the pattern of being triggered yeah. by being pausing and keeping calm. And if we can do that for 16 seconds and we don't go back and re-trigger ourselves by thinking about it over and over and stressing ourselves over and over, we can, instead of going into this negative spiral, we can decide what we do. You go to the spiral and you train. You train them the positive spiral. This is not easy to do, okay? This is not easy to do. Because when you are triggered, kids do something, okay? And they hit that spot. Or I don't know, the children come and say, oh, they were bullying me. Whoa, what happens inside? You want to protect them. Yeah. Something happens inside, okay? And there are a lot of things. It's not just everything black and white. But yes, men generally... We can wrap up ourselves in negative spiral, but if we are able to stop and pause, doesn't matter which layer, start and start with consciousness and being aware and knowing yourselves, knowing your body, knowing how you function, start to work and feeling, okay, positive spiral. And to train this, because we were training subconsciously negative spiral for a long time, train this. Mm -hmm with awareness, with consciousness, 24 hours a day, then it gets a little bit easier. And this becomes the, the ultimate reaction instead of So this. This, this makes me think of um, changing your actual brain because our brains obviously reinforce the wiring of that, oh, here's something I've recognized this from the past. I need to run this old program of negativity and pain. But we are actually having to pause and consciously think, let's rewire let's create a new yes. connection where we go into a positive um, action or mind like that's actually a change that is taking place yeah. physically inside of your brain yeah so you're doing it on multiple levels you're doing yeah. it at a physical level in your brain with awareness changing other neurons okay rewiring them repeating thoughts it's not just repeating thoughts being aware of them finding that place of consciousness let's say inner wisdom wisdom for women and feeling turning on not those unpleasant things but turning on your positive things for an example i i help my clients just with five senses you know you like eterical oils that calm you you pause yourself just use eterical oil and you build that calm feeling yeah. ah, and, and you are already shifting this can be easy this is not something like we think we hear the, the podcast like this or we read a blog or something and our mind says this is so hard okay it takes <laughs> a little bit of effort but if you know when you know who you are how you function what is turning you on which music touch where to touch 
all your nervous system, where to directly speak with your subconsciousness, it's easier. Very simple thing. If you place your hand on your chest, okay, if you just place it here for those who don't know how to, who have a, a closed heart and would like to feel more, more connection or feel more self-love or feel more, more gratefulness, you need to connect with yourself. The touch here speaks directly to your subconsciousness saying, you are home, you are okay. And you can hold this hand here or place on your child's, you know, the hand here on chest when it goes to sleep or in the morning or when it comes at home, you're doing with a simple thing, you know, a lot because you speak directly through the touch senses directly to subconsciousness saying, love, it's okay. What happened? And when you're in the middle of the argument, you can place hand like here and helps you remind yourself. Or we usually forget about all the knowledge. And I say just right here on your hand, a simple heart, a simple heart, make it an attention. I'm calm. I can pause. I'm confident. And we forget it. We read so many things. My clients always say, I've read so many stuff, so many you know, <laughs> courses, but I always forget. Yeah, because we need to rewire our brain, but you have to, you know, put a reminder and you see your hand every day for 500 times. And if you see it for 500 times, you will help yourself 500 times saying, I'm okay, I can do it. Or whatever. Things can be so simple. you're creating you're creating positive triggers. Yeah, reminds. Oh yeah, positive triggers. Let's say like this. <laughs> I like that. Those are two really good simple ones. Just hand placed on your heart. But I really like drawing the heart on your hand. And the reason I like that is because of what you said. You're always using your hands. You're always seeing yeah. them. Yeah. And that is yeah. a very very yeah. repetitive and good yeah. training tool. Very useful. That it was in my head was because of everything. It was a mess. And I was reading a lot of books. And in the end, it was how I'm going to support myself. I'm going to remind myself, you know, with what am I going to do? It's not just affirmation on the wall. I've realized that if I ask a question, it's better than affirmation. It's just, you know, I was yes. trying to find the way to support myself. And I see that all my clients deal with the same thing. And children deal with the same thing. If you draw a sun on your, just sun, here, a small sun on your child's hand, you make a connection. You just say, I believe in you. I'm with you. You make a connection. They will see that in school or kindergarten. Say, oh, my mom is with you. And if we teach them just to place a hand here, because there are a few, I call them like untriggered touch system. Uh, it's just like a hand here and some of the different parts of our body communicate directly to our subconsciousness. And it's so easy. And it works with teenagers. It works with us. It works with kids. It works with our partners. We just need to know this. It's, some of the things are really not so hard. But the thing is, so, we need to use sorry. them and do them. Yep. Yep. I wanted to ask about, for women, a heart on the hand or touching your heart. They seem things that women would be naturally wanting or naturally inclined to do. I think if I tried to draw a heart on my husband's hand, he would say, no, we're not doing that. <laughs> what are some things that men could do? Or you could help your teenage sons or young sons. It can be, to we can be creative. <laughs> okay. 
you can we we like to write notes okay it's just not a text but a written note with a teenager you know if you write a small note put it into i don't know notebook somewhere hands in a pocket it's just somewhere that they accidentally you know find that during the day or after three days if you do that with your partner that gives them a feeling i'm seen i'm seen and when you read something on the note not on your phone when you read something on the paper that it's written your mind starts to just create a positive you know effect because that was put a lot of effort someone was thinking about me you know it's just this has a deep meaning i mean something to someone this works really good with teenagers it's not always about the heart you know you can also you know joke and make a spot it's just that it can be also something different but just be creative we forgot as women to be creative because we are just a little bit playful and creative that's what it is in our nature you will find a way if you want to reach your child or your partner you will find a way you will find a way with the easy creative things we can do and it's important it's mm -hmm. a really important part of being a woman i really like that i think that's very good yeah i'm gonna have to incorporate some of those as my kids get a little bit older <laughs> and also for myself so I wanted to talk more about, we've talked a lot actually about what you, what you do and what you teach and you've taught a lot of what you actually teach. Um, what else is it? I know you work with people individually. Are these the kind of things that you share with them? Yeah. Some of the things that yeah. it, I, um, I would say that everyone has a different story. I mainly love to work one-on-one -on -one because I'm really dedicated to that. And I want to give to a person experience that they their back is covered, that they have someone there. It doesn't matter how they appear, what is happening with them, that they have that stability that maybe they didn't have, that they have someone who believes in them, that they are able to get help or reach someone that help when they need it. That helped me. So I really like to work one-on-one -on -one and that the person is willing to change yes. and that it's honest because if, without that, it doesn't go. But I do, I, I then combine one-to-one -one sessions with group sessions because the group sessions are really good. You can reflect and you can build, you know, different parts of yourself. And I do also have a membership and different products like books, storytelling, meditations, some of the courses that I'm preparing now. But my heart is with one-on-one clients. It's just, and I'm that, yeah. is, that is where I'm the best. And so I wanted to ask also about your fairy tale, fairy tale meditations. You were talking about those. Um, I personally love meditations. I think they're wonderful. I think everybody should use them for like five minutes a day if nothing else but I was wondering if you could um tell me about why I guess with the fairy tale idea what kind of meditations 
why fairy tale? Why does that reach kids better? I'll give you an example of one. Okay, you'll love it. So um, we want to teach children about the inner world, emotions and thoughts and how to regulate that. So, and I was thinking, how can I help my son? And I created this story and I've created it like a meditation because it has those elements. But the story is about every one of us has an inner kingdom. Okay. Yes, we all have the okay. inner kingdom. Children can join us now because we are you know, at the fairy tale meditation part. So you have your inner world, your inner kingdom. Every inner kingdom has a king or a queen. Every kingdom, every king and a queen has a power. A power of a choice, decision, or like decision. What kind of a king or a queen you would like to be? And every kingdom has croaking frogs who wants to be kings and queens too. You mm -hmm. get, you know what I'm getting? So mm -hmm. uh, every king has to know their croaking frogs, you know, has to know how to manage kingdom so that it's shiny, positive, you know, and just the way they would like them to be. But for that, you have to know your croaking frogs because they multiply and they are different croaking frogs. Some of them are croaking you. Mom is not going to come and pick you up in kindergarten. You know, she oh, loves brother better. It's just there are different croaking frogs. And when you, when the child listens to the fairy tale meditation like this, and you know which elements, what I teach actually then, with those elements, how to use this in your parenting. Because what kind of a king or queen the two of us would like to be like mothers? What do you need to do for that? What's stopping you? How are you going to manage that? How are you going to manage and hush croaking frogs? So this is the way sorry, how can you I just try to second? help parents. Just, just one second. Hold yeah. on. Sorry. Just a second. No, it's okay. You can't let it. <laughs> no, it's okay. okay. All right. There we go. You can't yeah. let it in. Oh my goodness, okay. my babysitter, my babysitter fell through today. So. <laughs> yeah, but it, it just okay, I know that you've already started, but don't worry. If they come, you just pick them up in there, you know, because they come, they want connection. You just pick them up. I can just yes. put everything in the story. I know how to do that. It's just don't worry. Okay. If they need okay. a moment, they That's need fine. a moment. Like you can't you can't come in right now. Oh. <laughs> they, but but they okay. feel the right. they feel the resistance. Just if you let them go yes. two, three minutes and then you go. So okay, where is yes. now? So the, the material, you know, the story of fairy telling meditations that, I, for example, uh, this one about the croaking frogs and inner kingdom, is just, it be, yes. after that, you know, when they hear this, the story like this becomes, and its elements, you can use that in your parenting. If you, you know, I don't know, something happened in school, what kind of a king, what kind of a friend you would like to be? What kind of a other kings you would like to be? So I use, I, I try to help parents with metaphors and I teach them how to use these metaphors, okay? So that they raise up children who know who they are inside. And you go through the same process with that. And it's easier Sometimes we are so full of knowledge and nervous system and I don't know what, that our mind and ego is full of that. But if you go and switch a little bit to the story, because we like to say stories about us, we're sharing the stories all the time, you know, life stories, whatever, with our friends, what happened. 
stories are part of us. And you connect with your heart when you start to talk about stories. And when you use metaphor, you reach child's soul, child's heart much faster. And this is what I'm teaching them then. How to use this, how to understand themselves also with the stories, you know, how to speak with children, how to really honestly talk about about those croaking frogs. What are they croaking? Because it's easier. It's easier that you have an element like croaking frog inside, which is croaking, but it is actually a thought. It's not you, your consciousness. And it's easier to look at, you don't feel so um, not good enough. Because when we teach, we speak with our children about the things that are happening, their basic conclusion is still 80%. I'm not good enough. And if you don't know how to unswitch that, unlock that, they have that. We all have. We have to know how to have them then. Stories can are a beautiful way. But yeah, you just you have to know a little bit how to use that. So that's why I'm teaching that also part of my coaching. It sounds like I need to listen to that with my kids as well. They are coming <laughs> now. I'm preparing them. So yeah, they are coming. <laughs> a lot of them. Okay, good. And the so have you already so written on. those hmm? have you already written those in your own language and you're putting them into english now um i have 11 of them with courses uh in slovenian language uh and now okay. i'm preparing the book with another story the similar one uh, about the triggers and what is happening so that is going to be the basic one this is going to be published in a month or two something like that and it's part of my coaching and yeah, I think that already this year, some of the courses with fairy tale meditations will also be available. Just like small products, you know, that they can start to use and and then just go into your self-discovery journey, what actually parenthood is. Mm. That's the thing. It seems to be a journey where you keep unlayering more and more of not only what you are, but what you have been through all the years you know what i mean <laughs> releasing that got, accepting yeah. that uh learning from that not blaming yourself it's just there are two parts you know just one is parenting a child the other part is reparenting you know inner world and yourself mm -hmm. so it's just like yeah we're doing more parenting stuff than just one <laughs> double parenting at least yeah yeah <laughs> so how do you um when you're talking about reparenting yourself for your clients and you were talking about a village do people do you find it works better when people have other people to talk with and communicate with about their problems or does that create a sort of veneer of I have to look a certain way and I have to be perceived a certain way because I I'm not like you were just saying earlier, completely vulnerable, which, I love or does question. it just depend? I, I love this question. The part I have to be like something is just one part of mechanisms, you know, that we've developed to be someone else. And, you know, it's just when they see, because I'm really honest and I talk really honestly about all this and my clients get used to and have the space, safe space, where they can train and be honest as much as they can be. Like, doesn't matter what we are talking about. 
uh, uh, and what kind of pain we are talking about or situations. When you come into the group like this, it's a little bit odd in the beginning because we are really honest and really go deep and you are, you feel like, oh, someone's going to hurt me. But then you feel, you start to reflect. You start to reflect and you see how actually that helps you grow and that gives you courage and you have the support. And when you say something, you open a little bit, you get a support, you get love. You get understanding what actually we need because we are afraid. We put all these masks on us and trying to be just someone else that doesn't work. And it's not easy to put the mask down, you know, and be honest and say, it's like, this is really happening. And I feel like this and this and this or whatever. Or, it, you know, it's just, it's not easy. But when you have the environment like that and, um, you start to feel safe. But with each person, it goes differently. I just know when someone is ready that I go and say, let's come and join also to the group coaching. Because if someone is really vulnerable, I won't you know, introduce a person right away into the group coaching. Because it's going to be too much. We have to heal that. The connection has to be built. You know, a person has to get some good results, self-confidence, and then... It's just with everyone is different, you know. I think really think that everyone is unique. I don't like to give like written scripts, you know, it's just everything, you just use that. No, because it's not about the script, it's not about copy-pasting something, it's about who you are, it's about how you're going to express that, because that will carry your inner world and your energy. It's not about the script, the script won't help. It can give you some mental things. Okay, and open some doors, but you have to unlock inside. And this is this is actually with vulnerability and how to be honest and how to express needs to a friend, to a boss, either to your mother or to your partner. This is what I'm teaching them. We train how to. I have. To, we need a model too. You know, I've learned that we need a model for some of the things like come to become emotionally mature. And to heal, we need a model. It's the same. Our children need the model for some of the things. You know, we need to reparent ourselves. We also need a model. It's just, if I say to a woman, just that, tell your husband, okay, that you, I don't know, miss a hug, they will usually say, I'm missing a hug. You know, why don't you hug me? I said, I didn't say it like that. Did you say, could you please listen to me a little bit? Voice, how are you going to say it? I really would like to express something with maybe vulnerable. I don't want to be a tacky. I don't like that part about just come to a feminine part. We need a model how to be vulnerable, how to go through that vulnerable door. Otherwise, we are just fine, tag. And it's, we think we won. No, you didn't. We are just, you know, disconnecting. Because when you do the things in the right way, connect, always. In a relationship with the children, with a friend, with the mom, until that connection isn't there, it feels like calmness. It feels like warmness. It feels like be oh, okay. If you don't have that feeling after the argument, and you have like I told him, I said I stand up for myself. No, you don't. We'll lose it. 
so <laughs> getting <laughs> getting well that's the thing most of the models we see nowadays are very masculinized very much in your face and very overwhelming and very much into a sort of forceful power but a feminine power is not the same as a masculine one and we have like it's a more quiet one not as as I think of it more like um when I think of masculine power I think of red you know a very bold overpowering color when I think of feminine power I think more of like a a deep blue river or something that's really strong but it's not going to to scream look at me if that makes sense so I think finding a feminine role model, if you don't have one in your life, is especially for reparenting, is going to be very hard for a lot of women. So where would they look for that sort of thing? You already said, you find someone when you feel the connection. Is it a friend? Some other, you know, friend's mom? Therapist? You know, coach? It's just, we feel it. We feel there is something. We the connection is and we just need to go and if you really want to do i would really i would put it like a law you know that someone invests every time in a personal growth because i think it's so important all right well i wanted to say thank you for everything i've learned a lot um i think i have a lot to work on myself <laughs> and i think i'm going to use that heart thing again that just to remind me, I really, really like that. I know for you, it's just, I think most of the best things that we do are the simple things. Yes. And I will, um, I'll be doing that and pass on to the listeners. Thank you for your time, Alex. I really appreciate that. Thank you for having uh, I'm me. I'm going to stop the recording. You're welcome.